Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And we're Identical Twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone. Hi everyone. My name's Kelly. I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're Identical Twins. twins. And we are here for this very special episode to sort of welcome in right, the Kel? Advent and Christmas season. Yes, this is it. This is our first episode this year, you know, sort of celebrating Christmas and Advent. We haven't had one yet. No, nope. and this is episode 71. Can you believe it? I know. We keep saying that. Like, we literally, 71. We literally say every episode. We I can't mean, believe. 71 episodes of hymns. And you know what? We're not running out of any. No, we are definitely not. No. We are definitely not. And what do we love so much about Him Talk Twin Talk? Well, we love connecting with our listeners. So thank you to everyone who's listening. Yes. And we love kind of sharing little bits of ourselves with you. And so this year, for the first time, we are so excited to share our Him Talk Twin, Twin Talk, Talk Christmas, Christmas ornament. ornament. Yay! Yay! All right, orders are coming in. Have you ordered yours yet? Yep, we will definitely send you a Him Talk Twin Talk Christmas ornament. You'll be able to hang it on the tree, and as people come and admire your tree, they'll be like, "What is that?" <laughs> oh incredible? my goodness, that's the most beautiful ornament I've ever seen. Yeah. So this is us just diving into, you know, Ooh. having a web store or something, something merchandise. Just, yeah, we thought it'd be kind of sweet to do that, but you know, it's limited edition. Yeah, we don't have many, <laughs> so we've only made four. <laughs> no, just kidding, just kidding. But get your orders in because we want you to have these ornaments in hand so that you can put them on your tree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and hopefully it'll make you think of a Christmas hymn, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So we love hearing from our listeners yeah. and we want to know, you know, what hymns and in this season what carols you would like to hear on our on our episode now in the past oh. we've done we've had some great hymn talk twin talk episodes we've already done O come O come emmanuel we've already done oh holy night away in a manger joy to the world that was oh, so good joy to the world was the listener you know voted yeah. on one and then last year we did i heard the bells on christmas day mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then do you remember which one we haven't said yet and, well, I was thinking of today's. No, no, so. no. There's one more, Kelly. Oh, there's one more. Come on, which wait, one? Wait, wait. It was from last year. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember what I had for breakfast, Carrie. Just take a guess. She remembers nothing about the <laughs> podcast, you guys. Wait, did we say Away in a Manger already? Yeah. Oh. Um, We Three Kings. Good King Wenceslas. <laughs> so bad. No, it was Mary. Did you know? Oh, oh my gosh, we were just talking about that yeah, today. Mary, too. did you know? Is a Mary, good one. did you know? Well, this episode, the idea for this episode came oh from gosh. a woman we met. Yes, like over a year ago. I know, I know. A beautiful Christian woman and author, and she's lovely to talk to. And plus, a skilled musician and a yes, singer. Yes, guitarist. So she brought up the idea of this hymn, and we were like, yes, yes absolutely. Yes, yes. And we've invited her to come on the show to talk about the song and to talk about her book yeah. and, and all that she has going on. Yeah. yeah. All right. So welcome to our new friend, our new hymn loving friend. Yes. Shalene Weaver. Weaver. Oh, 
thank you, Shalene. Thank you for your patience, Shalene. It's been a while since we've been able to get this date to put together. Right. So God's she- timing's perfect. It is true. It is <laughs> true. Oh my gosh, I should have that made into a T-shirt. We could sell that, we Kelly. Could sell that. God's timing is perfect. Spoken by Shalene. So, Shalene, we met in October of 2021. Mm-hmm. Yes. At the Gordon College homecoming. So for those of you who don't know, Gordon College is a small private Christian college near us. Yes, I went there. We both went there. But Kelly, actually, let's remind our listeners. Yes. We talked a lot about uh, Gordon College mm-hmm. and its founder, A.J. Gordon, when we did the hymn, My Jesus, Jesus I, I Love, love thee. thee. That was oh my way back episode three. That was way back when we were first starting out. Yes, and we just loved, we actually learned about A.J. Gordon. We learned more about the college, and of course his hymn is one of my favorites. Yes. But so, Shaleen, you have a daughter who's currently a student at Gordon? She is, yes. I have a graduating senior. Wow. So, Gordon is near us in Massachusetts yep. on the North Shore. Where are you from? Yes. I live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Lancaster County. I'm, I'm in a little town called New Holland. New Holland. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So Lancaster, Lancaster. I mean, is that all Amish country? That's, <laughs> there's a lot of, um, this is certainly Amish country. Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm not Amish, which no. people, people ask me, uh, which I've literally have had that question. Like nothing about me looks I, Amish, I, I but I do have a lot of Amish friends and right. we, my husband has clients. Yes. They're very much a part of our community and right. quite a wonderful part of our community. And yeah. so when people go to Amish country to, mm-hmm. you know, as like a tourist, yeah. they're in your area. That's where oh, you yes. are. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think that there's about 3 million people that come into Lancaster County every year. Okay. Wow. So I was so. one of them. I went to Lancaster okay. a few years ago and we went to Sight and Sound. Yes. I was just going to ask you, that yes. is the number one thing to do here. It's amazing. You right. want to go back. We're, we're in the process of planning a, a trip for our church, the church family. Oh, wonderful. Because we, oh, wonderful. they've gone. I've gone. I saw Joseph and the Coat of Many Colors, and mm-hmm. it was the most amazing thing. Our, it is. Our parents just went within a couple of weeks yeah, yeah. ago, and they saw the story of David. Yeah. And, and so, so we're looking for maybe next spring to see Moses. Awesome. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the endorsement on the back of my book is from Jeff Bender. He's a sight and sound theater producing group oh. director, writer, producer. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. We have to talk about this book. So the first book you wrote, um, this yes. is the one that you just said has the endorsement by that gentleman. So that was from a few years ago, but it's all part of the same series. Yeah, I, I actually just I'm using his endorsement on the back of each one oh, okay, good, <laughs> in the series because okay. he he had written that about the whole series yeah, and so perfect. Um, yeah, it, it, I couldn't have written a more beautiful endorsement. So I'm oh. like, that's that's just gonna be there. <laughs> right, when we met you, you told us about your books, and we were completely intrigued and interested. So tell us about your series. Sure. Okay. So the name of my series is Fruit Fables. Um, They're fables, animal stories, unpacking um, godly character. And the reason it's fruit fables is because each one of them is based off of one of the fruits of the spirit. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to tell your children to be loving, but it's another thing to explain to them. What does that actually look like? You know, love isn't something we fall in, we fall out. Whoops. We, you know, there it went, that kind of thing that, um, you know, this first story, called lovebird is actually can i tell you what it's about yes. that, okay lovebird. so <laughs> lovebird yes so there is a squirrel family who gets a new neighbor came in and built a nest in their tree above their hole in an oak tree 
And when you get a new neighbor, you go and introduce yourself, which they did. And this bird just looks at them and goes, chatter, chatter, chatter. And they were like, holy cow, that was kind of rude. And they went home sort of puzzled. And that night they overheard this bird completely offend the entire backyard because he chirped just like the crickets did and peeped like peepers do. He re-deeped like the frogs at night and hooped the owls. So everybody's upset and offended. And the schools are like, we've got to do something. So they call an emergency backyard meeting and they said, look, here's our plan. Everybody take a deep breath. We're going to choose to love this bird, right? The, the difficult person in our life, you know, right. we've all got a bird and sometimes we are one, let's be truthful. Right. Yeah, right. So they're like, they, they put love in action. And so they agreed they're only speaking kind words to this bird. So over time, um, in fact, it says it didn't happen overnight. It took a little time, but more and more, the mockingbird returned words that were kind and life was pleasant once again for the family and everyone who made their home near the great oak tree loves more than fuzzy feelings. We feel deep down inside. Sometimes it's something that we do when we make up our minds. And when you choose to love this way, it's often very true. Eventually you just might see that love return to you. So it's unpacking. Like, love is not, you know, it's an action and actually something that often you will yourself to carry out. It can be work. And in all honesty, like, isn't this a hard concept for us, even as yes. grownups to carry yes. out? You know? I know. <laughs> so, yeah. So these are, you know, they're animal stories where things are happening that, that cause you hopefully to relate and, um, really help a child see what does this actually look like? All right. So how many books do you have? I mean, so I, your, your goal, I'm assuming is to do nine fruit, fruit yeah. fable. Fruit, yeah. What's it called? Fruit, fruit fables. Fruit fables. Fruit fables. Mm -hmm. So you want to do yeah. in total nine. How yeah. many do you have already published? But love, joy, oh. peace are oh, out. Love, joy, peace. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think is the target age? Boy, that's another great question. So I say three to eight. Okay. Here's the thing, Jesus, and I'm not comparing myself to Jesus, but he was the master storyteller, right? Right. And he was teaching, but he used stories. Mm -hmm. You know, he used parables to teach a lesson. Mm -hmm. We receive those things through story. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just more open to understanding. And, and again, like I said, these are hard concepts for us to carry out. We all have people in our lives that are the difficult people. You know, the second book is called <laughs> Glub Glum's Ship Flip. It's a tongue twister. Oh. I was like, that's either the worst title or the best title. Right, right. I don't know. <laughs> but it's about a fish who is a bottom feeder. He's always looking down. He lays in the mire uh, until one day a situation happens that causes him to flip over. And all of a sudden he's like, what? Squid ink, clam pearls, seahorses. Like who knew there's all this fun and beauty around me. He never saw it because he was so focused on the negative. And so he takes off and has adventures, but he learns in the end that like, you know, joy comes to us for, you know, two different things. Like one, what are you focused on? Cause we all have beauty and we all have junk in our lives. Right. But if you're focused on the beauty, that's going to go a long way in determining your level of joy. Also whose perspective you had, he had a perspective shift when he got flipped over. Mm -hmm. And so whose perspective you have, gods, you know, when you're looking at your junk and, you know, your struggles is going to also go a long way in determining your level of joy. And so, you know, these are things that like we, we relate to, you know, mm. the third book is about uh, an industrious workaholic beaver who has no time for rest or play. And, and so he goes through a situation where he learns that, the, you know, you need balance in life. And so, um, it's funny. Cause like I get preached to by my own books, right. I'll be really honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, you one. write what you know. I, you know, right. I struggle with all these things. And so that's why like, you know, I say three to eight, but I don't know. Like I was just interviewed for, um, 
this last book by a local paper. And, and she said to me, you know what, I'm going to write this down. These are family stories. Like yeah, these are not just yeah, for children. These yeah. are family stories, you know? And so, yeah, you know, true. yeah, yeah. But it's, it's true. just, fun. I mean, if a, if a library has to categorize it I know. somewhere, I mean, they have to, but in terms of just family reading and fe- I mean, I feel like anybody would read it, you know? We've seen this like kind of categorization in hymns. Back right. in the day, mm. hymns would be written and they were children's hymns. Why okay. were they children's hymns? There's yeah. no reason. They are yeah. singable. They are beautiful. They are truthful. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe because the melody is a little simple. Yeah. Well, and when you said, you know, how Jesus told stories, yes. that's how he taught. You're mm-hmm. using Jesus's lessons in, in this way. Uh, you know, and that's how hymns are. Right. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the best hymn writers are the people who say, I want to show what's in the Bible right. in, a, yeah. in a musical, creative way. I just yeah. want to take a psalm or take a scripture verse and put it into in a musical way. And yeah. it, that's exactly what you're doing. Right. It's this creativity. We talk about that all right the time. Well, it's awesome because God definitely had a plan for your life. I mean, God Mm -hmm. knew that he wanted you to be using your talents. And then, you know, he brought you to Gordon's homecoming and brought us to Gordon's homecoming and allowed us to meet there. And then we just started talking about what him you would want on our podcast. Yeah. How, how much thought did you put into picking this one him? It was an easy one because, yeah, yeah, because, okay, so the name of my bit of my publishing company that I started is called Haste Laud Press. And so I took the name like Haste, Haste to bring him Laud, right? It's all right out of what child is this? Because here's the thing we're all, we were talking about creativity and how we're wired. We're all wired differently, but we all have his creative, a little spark of his creativity in each one of us. Mm. Jesus said, if my name is lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. So, our job mm. is simply to worship him, to lift up his name, mm-hmm. to laud him. And that's going to draw people to him, right? right? It's so simple. And right. so however we're wired, we're just to be about loving yeah. and praising him. Yeah. And so, and I love haste to bring him laud because I feel like we should be urgent about this. Right. You know, like we should feel a sense of urgency to, to be like lifting up his name because Mm. the world needs Jesus. I love that. Haste Laud Press. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I just typed in to my Google search bar, Haste and Laud, and you came right up. Right. You came right right up, shaleenweaver.com. So our listeners can totally go there and learn more about you. Yeah. And the little graphic, the little graphic you have is really cool. Mm -hmm. Isn't Mm -hmm. that neat? Did you do that yourself? My illustrator did that. He's phenomenal. Okay, yeah. so is it the same illustrator on all of your books? Yes. And yes. what's his name? His name is Cody Wood. And to make this even more special, he's actually, he's a childhood friend. So we met at church oh. camp. So send your kids to church camp yes, and keep your church friends. church camp is awesome. Yep, yep. When I was 11 and he was 12 and he's still one of my brother's best friends. He's actually an animation artist. He's very okay. good. I mean, he's been on, he's had stuff on Cartoon Network. Like he's very, oh. very good. This was his first venture in book illustration and he has just knocked it out of the park. I mean, I love these illustrations to pieces. I want them all in plush. Oh. Maybe I'll sell enough books someday to get that done. Yeah, but, right. Um, yeah. So it's that's made it really fun and, and special. Fun yeah. To be able to have the plush to, to yeah. go with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. The illustrations, I mean I just they are beautiful. The We're just peeking covers. at them really quickly. What's the yeah. medi- what's the medium that he uses? He does it all on his computer. He does. Like, yeah, like he wears this little glove and yep. he's got a little pen and he draws on 
a little pad. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. It's yeah. Delicious. Yeah. So the hymn that she was talking about, I mean, I hope our listeners figured it out. Haste Laud. So the hymn is What, what Child, Child Is, is this? this? A great hymn a, for Christmas. A great hymn for Christmas. But when you just look at that um that phrase, like yes. haste laud, like that should be all year round. Right. In a very specific sense, it is about that evening. But I love. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of all th- year round. Those words are for all of us every day, all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Haste, yeah. hurry, hurry. Worship yeah. him and lift his up his name so yeah. that other people can see who he is. We yeah. talk so much about missions and so much about, you know, bringing the truth of who Jesus Christ is to people. Um, and it's always like a, a going and a, a preaching, but this is a worshiping worship, Living. worship mm-hmm. who this, who our God is so that other people can see who he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you love these words, you know, haste, haste, you love the words. Do you love the song? Do you love the melody? Do you love the tune? Do you love to sing it? Well, sure. I mean, it's a Christmas song, yes. you know, so yes. like all it, I mean, naturally you're going to have like warm fuzzies anytime you hear any yeah. Christmas carols and hymns, you know, well, it's a little musical nerd. Moment. I know. I was just going to say that. Just gonna say yeah. M&Ms, always fun. <laughs> but it's in a minor key. You wouldn't necessarily associate, associate a song in a minor key with Christmas. Mm. I mean, maybe you would say Advent. Yeah. You know, definitely mm. Lent. Lent would have minor songs. Sure. But for Christmas, this has to be one of, of one of the only ones or one of a few that would be about the birth of Jesus and still mm-hmm. be in a minor key. And well, and I feel like that minor key too really sets yeah. a tone of awe. Yeah. Do you not? Yeah. It's like, I mean, think about it. It's starting out by saying, what child is right. this? Like, who is this? Right. I mean, didn't people say that throughout his life? Like, is this man who can stop, like tell the weather what to do, right, you know, right. like who, who is this, you know? Right. And so that whole tone, I, I feel like maybe that's why they went with a minor key mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. just awe inspiring. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about like God in the flesh, right? It is you know? Inspiring. And you know, yeah. we have done this on the, on the podcast where we would take the hint, the words and match them to a different tune because it works like, and that's what yeah. the hymn writers did all the time. Oh, try yeah. this tune, try this tune. And this yeah. would be one that if you did try to put it to a major tune and something else that moved a little quicker, um, it would lose that awe. It would yeah. lose that feel that is so yeah. important. And yeah. we talk about hymns that like ask questions. Yes. And a lot of times the questions are rhetorical. The questions don't get answered, but this answers it. Yes. Who is in the this yeah. child? What child is yeah. this? This, this yeah. is Christ this. the King. Yep. It talks about that he's the King of Kings. Right. And, you know, so it's definitely telling a story. Yeah. The yeah. best one. Yeah. <laughs> the best one. The one that everybody needs to hear. The shepherds were there. The angels yeah. were there. Mary was there. The animals were there. It is yeah. telling the full story yeah. of Jesus' yeah. birth. So, yeah. I mean, what, how can you complain about that? Yeah. You know? Right. Well, we're so glad that you talked to us about the sim. Yes. You, we, every time we have a Christmas episode, we have to decide which, which I know. to do. I know. So this oh, time perfect. it gets to be all about what child is this. 
And we'd nice. like to share with our listeners about what you're doing in Pen- in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Lancaster County. Lancaster County. <laughs> um, creating these books. And we're going to share all of this right. with our listeners. We're going to send them to your website. Now, I know that you're on Instagram. You don't do a ton on Instagram. I don't. I I'm so bad. I more. <laughs> I got on Instagram for the books. Like of before course, that, it was course. just Facebook. And I got on Facebook for the for the CD or for the album. Okay. So um and I and I'm I'm good with Facebook, but I I'm not a go-to Instagram person, yeah. but I I am there and I do post, you know, things about when the books come out. Mm-hmm. Um Keep but doing it. People need to hear it. And about I'll this. tell you, we mm. this is coming out right in time for Christmas, so people can be ordering for Christmas gifts presents i mean mm-hmm. uh, how great is it to we love giving gi- books, books as gifts anyways but how great would it be to give this book that's about the virtues of jesus christ yeah. the fruits of the mm-hmm. spirit in a really whimsical and sweet way i think these books right. would make excellent gifts and your cd and people can go to your website to order a book and have it autographed by you mm-hmm. you'll sign it you'll write a little note in it I can do that. That's yeah. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's that's great. If people that's email great. me, I can do that and ship it out. It's more because you're going to pay for shipping sure. and handling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, and that's great. This Thank was you, so great. We're going to get fun. into what child is this in a bit. Um, so we will say bye to you, but thank you for bringing the hymn to us. All right. Bye, Shalini. <laughs> All right. Thank you God for bless being you. here. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Carrie, we're back. Oh, that was so nice sitting with her. It was great. She's a great person to talk to. She has great stories, like literally great stories. It's so funny, Cal. She has this publishing house. She calls it Haste Laud. Right. Now, do you think everybody hears that and immediately thinks of the hymn? I mean, I would like to think that, but I don't know, Care. Where else do you hear the words haste and laud? I think someone would hear that and go, what does that even mean? I wonder if it sounds like it could be someone's last name. You know, like a man named Charles Haste married a woman named Dorothy Laud. <laughs> they named it Haste Laud. Maybe. Maybe. Dorothy and <laughs> Charles. <laughs> now, we're, I mean, we're so excited about speaking with her. We're always excited about our interviews. But there's just something that's even more exciting right now because this is our first Christmas episode that we're releasing for 2022. Yeah. And we have two more after this. But we have to talk about this week's hymn. Yes. We talked a little bit. We talked a little bit about the minor key. Yes. We talked a little bit about, you know, how singable or not singable it is. <laughs> right. It's true. It's true. Um, but now let's talk about where it comes from. Yes. Okay. So the thing is, is that this is an old, old, old hymn. The music is old. The words are old. And somewhere along the line, it changed to what we have today because it wasn't like that originally. Yeah, it has evolved over time for sure. So right now in our hymnal, we have three verses with the refrain. And the refrain is always the same for each verse. And that refrain is... Yeah, you want to try to sing it? Yeah, let's sing it. This, this is Christ, the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him, Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. So there are the famous two words, haste and laud. So haste means? Hurry. Hurry up. Yes. Hurry up. Urgency. And laud is praise. Okay. So here's the thing. This refrain that Shalene loved so much and inspired her to re- create her company, mm-hmm. 
wasn't the refrain from everything that we could see back when this was written, which we're talking about 1800s. There were three verses, Carrie, three verses that were completely different from each other. No refrain that repeated. So the words have evolved and changed over the years, but we do have who who wrote them. Yes. I mean, the poet who wrote them was a man by the name of William Chatterson Dix. Great name. <laughs> it's William Chatterson, which, you know, maybe if he talked a lot, he'd be called Chatty Chatterson. <laughs> We're like making fun of his name. You can't I know. do that. And then his last name, which we will not make fun of, is Dix. D I X. Which actually is a little charming, like the three letter, little quaint last name. Mm-hmm. So he was born on June 14, 1837, in Bristol, England. And he died on September 9th, 1989, in Cheddar, England. 1889. I'm pretty sure that's a typo. <laughs> In 1889 in Cheddar, England. Now, he, Cheddar is just about a half an hour's drive from Bristol. He did not go far from his mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, a name like Cheddar for a town kind of makes you wonder. <laughs> Why is it named Cheddar? So, Cal, I kind of want to go to Cheddar. Oh, my gosh. Where's our captain? Let's go. This is your captain speaking. So, Kelly... This area has been producing cheese for hundreds of years. And there are records that date back to the 12th century of them making cheese. Is cheese made in anywhere else in the world? (laughs) Is it It only there? These days, cheddar cheese is made all over the world. Oh, good. (laughs) But if you buy cheese that's designated West Country Farmhouse Cheddar, then that is from this area. Wow. Yes. And then there's also artisan Somerset cheddar, and that's even like a tighter definition of where it is in, the, wow. in England. Wow. So if we go to England and visit cheddar, we'll bring home cheddar for oh look, souvenirs. You can visit cheddar, uh-huh. and you can take a self-guided tour through the cheese company, see the manufacturing process. Love it. And then taste and buy cheese in the shop afterwards. That is so cool. I mean, don't you want to go there? But the thing is that on the Cape near us yes. is famous for cranberries. And you and I took the kids and did the tour right. of how they, you know, harvest the cranberries for cranberry sauce and cranberry juice. But it would be like as if that town was named Cranberry, I know, I like know. Cranberry, Massachusetts. It's not. I know. But this is called Cheddar, Cheddar, England. I think that's so funny. Yeah, so it's Cheddar Village in Somerset, United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're definitely going to go there. And now we just said that he didn't travel far in his lifetime, but he actually did. He spent the mo- most of his life as a businessman in Glasgow, Scotland. Aww. And he worked for the Maritime Insurance Company. And he was a very successful businessman. But when he was 29 years old, he suffered from a near fatal bout of sickness. Aww. I don't know what the sickness was. It's just a near fatal bout of sickness. And then he was afflicted with depression. And I read that he was confined to a bed for a long period of time. And he suffered deep depression until he called out to God in this sickness. And I think this is a quote, Carrie. Attention, please. He called out to God and met him in a new and real way. And it was out of this experience that came many, many artistic and distinctive hymns, including What Child Is This? Now, this What Child Was This was taken from his longer Christmas poem called The Manger Throne, and it was written about 1865. Right. So we see this all the time. A hymn writer is really a poet, writes this poem, 
and then somehow it gets associated with a tune and gets changed. Some hymnal editor or publisher decides to make those changes. Especially if there's a tune that's in public domain. Right. Everybody can use it. Yeah. Now, there's a hymnologist named Albert Bailey who studied Dix's hymns. And yeah. he says, and this is another quote. <clears throat> Attention, please. That they're horribly sentimental. Mm-hmm. But he says, on the whole, the hymns are simple, reverent, sincere, imaginative, not above the average comprehension, and two of them, at least, have proved to be continuously serviceable. In addition to what child is this, Dr. Bailey is talking about... As As with with gladness, men of old. I mean, that's a good Christmas hymn. It's a good Christmas hymn, but it's weird. He wrote many hymns, and those are the only two that that have stood the test of time. Really? You've looked at a lot of them? Yeah, no, there's nothing that we know. Well, it's amazing. You know, he wrote out of this moment where he, he, he got to experience how real God is. Right. Right? He wrote out of that moment, mm-hmm. which is exciting and powerful. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what inspires a lot of people to write. True. And I love that he wrote about the baby. I mean, I know he wrote yes. others, but I love that he wrote about the child, the yeah. baby. He wanted it to be about Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, he doesn't always get credit for this. No. There's a little bit of a hymn mystery. So, Kelly, I saw that it was credited to, of all people, King Henry VIII. I know. This is crazy. What is Henry VIII famous for? Well, I don't know. Didn't he, like, have some wives beheaded or something? <laughs> I mean, I don't really know. Yeah, he had six wives, and it's what the musical Six is based off of. It's It's... Such an interesting concept, the six wives of Henry VIII, who, you know, most of them weren't alive at the same time and didn't know each other, um, all get together and tell, like, their story. So this is a Broadway show. Yes. And I just saw it. It came to Boston. And this tune of Greensleeves was all over it. And I just think it's amazing because I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're doing What Child Is This, like, right now? Right. Yeah. So, but this is Greensleeves. So Greensleeves was not a Christmas hymn at all. No, Greensleeves was a tune mm-hmm. that is anonymous. It dates back to like 1500. We don't know who wrote it. But there people speculated that King Henry VIII wrote it. In fact, there's a television show called The Tudors. And there is an episode where King Henry VIII is sitting down writing the tune of Greensleeves. So, I mean, it's t- completely fabricated. I, I found the clip. You can find it on YouTube. But it's not true at all. Well, is it not true, or do people just don't know? He might have written it. So, we see it in 1580. Okay. That's And it's anonymous. And he l- lived and reigned from 1509 to 1547. What is interesting is that King Henry VIII was a champion of music. Like, he was musical. He played lots of instruments. He played the lute and the flute. Of course, he wanted to divorce his wife, and the only way that he could do that is if he separated himself from the Roman Catholic Church, and this is how we get the Church of England, Um, and this is how he was able to divorce so many wives and have another one, have new ones. Um, And so when he left the Catholic Church to create his own, he basically put all the Catholic musicians out of a job. Out of work. So he kind of started it all from scratch, and and he really did value music. There is a songbook that was published, and it contains 33 of his songs. Right. He also found two of England's great musical institutions, Christ Church, Oxford, and Trinity College, Cambridge, and he saw the completion of the Great King's Chapel. So music was important to him. I mean, it makes sense 
that people would just attach his name to it. Mm-hmm. Now, Green Sleeves is this song, this secular song. It had words to it. It's anonymous. And one of the reasons why I think it was attributed to Henry VIII yeah. is because of sort of the content of the song. Of the original lyrics. Yes. Yeah. The lyrics deal with a spurned lover. Right. Right. So this lady Greensleeves Mm -hmm. is casting him off. Right. And she's unkind about it. And he loves her and pays for her things and pays for her to have a place to live. He buys her jewelry and she spurns him. She does not want to be with him. And it's a little scandalous because she wants to be with someone else. Right. In fact, I mean, here's a little fun fact. I guess a fun fact. And I wonder if people know this. So the the green sleeves that we say she was wearing this dress, the reason why we say that it's green is because, well, green sort of denotes this promiscuous behavior. Right. Literally. Literally, she would be like in the... In the meadow. In the pasture, (laughs) uh, rolling in the, not the hay, but in the The grass. grass. And she would have her dress get stained. And green sleeves was... Almost like an insult, yeah. like calling, you know, the a woman, you know, saying that she had green sleeves was saying that she participated in this promiscuous behavior. Right, exactly. And so they thought that um, that was referring to Anne Boleyn, who, you know, cast him off. Yeah. And in the musical Six, the actress who plays Anne Boleyn wears a green dress. So it is all connected. I mean, no one is sitting there saying this is true. This is exactly what happened from the the song. The story. But it's this story, and and it does make sense. There are some connections. So some of the original words, the gentleman singing about the woman with the green sleeves, he says, Alas, my love, you do me wrong to cast me off discourteously, for I have loved you well and long, delighting in your company. So this gentleman is hurt, is singing the song of mm-hmm. longing mm-hmm. to her. And it's a beautiful tune. But, you know, when you put these words to it, it has this kind of haunting. Right. It sad. has a completely different yes, feeling. A completely yeah. different feeling. And what did Henry VIII do to Anne Boleyn after? I mean, he cut her head off. He beheaded her. Yeah. yeah. He beheaded her. So, I mean, he was really mad. Right. Right. <laughs> Not just kind of mad. (laughs) He didn't just sing a sad song about it. He actually took some really violent measures to express his anger. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's just do our him talk, twin talk timeline. Okay. Henry VIII reigned as king from 1509 to 1547. Mm -hmm. The first time we see green sleeves with the tune, with those words, it's anonymous, is 1580. So like 30 years later. Then... We find a version of green sleeves with Christmas words right. in 1642. Now, this is not what child is this, but we do have these words. Kind of religious, kind of Christmas, but really more about the new year. And this was in 1642. And, and they associate these lyrics with Christmas. But I mean... It's really for New Year's Day. It's really for New Year's Day. Yeah. And it's this mix. It's this really weird song that talks about, you know, letting all our sins go away, let us cast our cares away. It's praying over and over again, God send us a merry new year. But then it also talks about 
drinking. Yeah. To eat and drink now is no shame. God send you a happy new year. Come give us good liquor when I do call. I'll drink to each one in this hall. And here for good liquor you shall not lack. <laughs> to wet my brains and strengthen my back. Do you see the sordid history of this green sleeves? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is n- neither a folk song nor a hymn. It's not a drinking song, but it's not a carol. I mean, it's it's like everything, but also nothing. Until. Until. Until, you guys. It's another 200 years later when our arranger, John, John Stainer, comes onto the scene. And he creates the carol that we know. Right, so I'm imagining he's heard the song, he Mm -hmm. hears the tune, and Mm -hmm. he wants to come up with something sacred for it. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you look at a song, like like that New Year's song, it mentions God so many times, it seems like it might be a a prayer, but then the rest of the words aren't sacred at at all. all. At all. So John Stainer says, look, let's do this right. I'm going to turn this into a sacred song using the words from William Chatterson Dix. So let's hear, let's hear a little bit about John Stainer. So John Stainer lived way after the time of King Henry VIII. Right. Well after that other Christmassy New Year's right. hymn. But he actually lived around the same time as William Chatterson Dix. It's kind of cool thinking they might have met at some point. They both lived in the United Kingdom, but not near each other. We saw no evidence that they knew each other. No. But it is kind of cool thinking that maybe they had heard of each mm-hmm, other. Mm-hmm. Maybe they had some mutual friends. Let's, so let's hear about John Stainer. John Stainer was born on June 6th, 1840 in London, England. Kelly. And he... June sixth. He has the same birthday as my daughter. That's right. Oh my gosh! I totally was like that. Na- that that number sounds familiar. Yeah, All right. My daughter Aria was born on June sixth. Aria, now I'll never forget John Stainer. <laughs> right, his birthday. All right. So John Stainer grows up in London, and he sings as a boy in the Saint Paul's Cathedral. He just had a very musical life. When he was sixteen, he was appointed the organist at a brand new, newly opened Saint Michael's College, which was a school for church musicians. Then he was eventually named the organist at St. Paul's, which you guys, it has to be a huge honor to be the organist at St. Paul's. He started there in 1872. He was 32 years old and he resigned in 1888. He resigned 16 years later because of his failing eyesight. I feel like he would have been there forever. But he went on to write, he became a professor of music at Oxford, and he was there till he died in 1901. And he wrote tons of musical things. He did so much in England at the time. He collaborated on a dictionary of musical terms. He wrote cantatas, he wrote anthems, he wrote services. So Kelly, Stainer is the one, we've had hymns like this before, right. where a third person, completely right. unrelated to the person who did the music and unrelated to the person who did the words, mm-hmm. actually put it together, mm-hmm. he arranged it. We see this all the time. So he's the one, and of course we don't have like William Chatterson Dix's you know, original poem the way it was laid out because Stainer was the one who put it together. Right. So let's look at these words. Let's look at verse 1. The way that Stainer did it, knowing the words came from William Chatterson. Right, right. Now, and this one is the original verse one. Okay. 
Because remember, we talked about the haste and the this, this, that doesn't exist in all of the others. It exists in this one. So let's have Shalene sing this verse one for us. Shalene um, sent us this recording and her husband is playing the guitar. Yes, yes. So he, um, they play together. They used to, they played together. He helped her make her first album. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm kind of cool to have this musical spouse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So verse one. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthem sweet while shepherds watch or keep So that was Shalene. She's, she's so sweet. She's, she said she was an alto and she tried to sing it as low as she could. She could. I know. It's actually not an easy song to sing, by the way. I know. She does a nice job, though. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Shalene. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's look at verse one. It really does a nice job, doesn't it? Of just painting the picture of a nativity scene. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's there. We have the baby. We have Mary. We have angels. We have shepherds. And then we move on to the refrain where it answers the question. So here we see the question and the answer. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. So I just see Luke 2 all over this, the real story of Christ's birth. The only problem Mm -hmm. is that nowhere in scripture does it say that the shepherds guarded the baby. And nowhere in scripture, this is another one of those, you know, common misconceptions, does it say that the angels were singing. So shepherds weren't guarding and angels weren't singing. But other than that, this refrain is awesome. (laughs) It's funny, Kelly, because, you know, I'm looking up the word guard. Right. Just to see maybe there was, you know, some kind of old fashioned definition. Yeah. But everywhere I look, it says that. There's a there's a layer of protection there. Right, right. If the person is guarding there, it's supposed to be to protect or prevent a person from escaping. I mean, it's it's not just watch. Right. Well, the thing is, is that the verse of verse one says, whom angels greet with anthems sweet. Again, we don't know about those anthems. While shepherds watch are keeping. So all to me, that's when they're watching their sheep. All of this is happening while shepherds watch their sheep. But then in the chorus, it does say that it's Christ. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. And unfortunately, that's just not what happened. Yeah, I mean, poetic license. Poetic license for sure. You needed a one-syllable word. You didn't want to use watch again. And and we know that Dix, the writer of the words... Tended to be over sentimental. Maybe he was just, you know, trying to make the scene a little bit sweeter. And actually, one of the articles that I read actually suggested taking the word guard out and just saying watch. So it could be sung as 
whom shepherds watch and angels say. But then that doesn't really rhyme. But that's what they said. I mean, I don't know. Let's just think for a moment that there's some cow (laughs) (laughs) that is coming too close to the baby Jesus. And we're not quite sure what, what the cow wants to do. And the, the shepherds are there to guard. Yeah, they're like, stay away. Stay back. Stay they're back, like, cows. The manger bouncers. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think that that would be enough to not sing this song in no, church? No, I don't at all. And actually, because so much of this song isn't accurate. I mean, we don't really think the angels were singing there no, that night. No, And also, hello, the word ASS is in it. <laughs> I mean, the word A.S. isn't it? This is a hard song to do in corporate worship. So Shalene's going to sing verse two, and she actually doesn't sing A.S.S. She changes it to Liam. Yeah, so, I mean, you don't have to sing A.S.S. There's nothing wrong with the word. It's biblical. Um, but it's just <laughs> but it's just tricky to do because it gets snickers from immature people like you, Kelly. <laughs> I was thinking more about, like, the children. Of course, it's the children. The children, not me. Children. We're going to listen to Shalene's version at the end. Okay. But because she did the verse and refrain that, you know, is in all of our hymnals, mm-hmm. we're not going to play that now because we want to hear those original words. All right. So let's share the words to verse two that were original that would have these other lyrics. Right. So we're all going to be familiar with the first part, which is the yeah. part that has ASS. <laughs> but then these last two lines are new. Are new. Why lies he in such mean estate where ox and ass are feeding? Good Christian fear, for sinners hear the silent word is pleading. Nails, spear, shall pierce him through the cross he bore for me, for you. Hail, hail, the word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. You can kind of hear the rhythm, how it fits with that refrain. Absolutely. So this is amazing to me because it really jumps right to his crucifixion. Right. And it makes sense because the first part of the verse is saying, good Christian fear for sinners here. The silent word is pleading. The sinners, he is going to die for us. He's the word made flesh. We just said the silent word is pleading. And he is going to bear the cross for us, for us sinners. To me, that is such a great combination of lyrics. It's true. Those words that you just said flow so mm-hmm. nicely to this that mm-hmm. I just read. And in, it's in a funny way, this, this is Christ the King doesn't do that. Right. That refrain that was added really doesn't do that. Right. So the if you just look at the questions, verse 1 asks the question, like, what child is this? Who is this child? And the refrain says this, this is Christ the King. It's Christ the King. And then verse two says, well, why is he here? And then we answer it. Right, but this this is Christ the King doesn't really answer. Right. This is a much better answer. Okay, so basically he's saying in verse two that Jesus was born to die. I mean, right there, the word made flesh. Mm -hmm. I just think right of John. John 1, 14. What does the Bible say? <laughs> and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. The words that have been cut out, the words right. that have been changed, I think bring home the point of who Jesus is. And really, 
I don't think people outside of church would want to sing it. You know, the song, What Child Is This? You will find someone right. like Josh Groban, mm-hmm. Johnny Mathis. Pentatonics. Right. Oh, pent- the Pentatonics version is beautiful. We should share that, Gary. Yeah, we totally yeah. did. Now, in my research, I was able to find a hymnal that had the original words. Somewhere, some hymnal publisher figured this out and put the original words back in. And I have to say, I really like the original words, especially in a church setting, in a worship setting. Like, And we're asking the question, who is this child? Let's answer it. Let's answer it. But I can see when you want someone like Bing Crosby to sing it, you don't want it to be like overly religious. I could picture the music. Right, right. All right. So let's do with verse three. Okay. So now we're going to hear the original verse three without the words of the refrain. This, this is Christ the King, you know. So bring him incense, gold and myrrh. Come, peasant king, to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. Raise Raise a song on high, the virgin sings her lullaby. Joy, joy, for Christ is born, the babe, the son of Mary. Okay, so this breaks from the question and answer pattern that we had. Instead, it is telling us what to do. Now that we see who Christ is, Mm -hmm. it tells us what to do. It says, come to him, bring him incense, gold, and myrrh. Mm -hmm. You can say that that's exactly from the epiphany. It's exactly from the visit to the wise men, but it's also saying to us, bring him your best, bring him your offerings, right? Bring him your gifts. And, and then it says, come peasant and King. Mm -hmm. So this is a Christ. This is the King for all of us. Mm -hmm. And it says to come and sing. Mary has her lullaby and now we have to raise our song Mm -hmm. to worship him. And that's what haste and laud is. Yes. So it makes perfect sense. Yes. But I love this. And then you have this kind of melancholy tune in a minor key. But then what do the words say? Joy. Joy. joy for, for Christ, Christ is, is born. born. I want to sing that last set of that last refrain I do too. because it's so different from what we're used to mm-hmm. we're so used to this quiet lullaby and all of a sudden these words are full of joy I and wonder, happiness i wonder if kel we can do a recording and share it of the original raise raise a song on high the virgin sings her lullaby Joy, joy for Christ is born, the babe, the son of Mary. Okay, so now I'm really loving the words, but I don't love the tune. Right, right. And maybe that's what Stainer figured out. He realized The words like joy, joy, sing a song, it doesn't quite go Mm -hmm. with the overall tone. And the overall tone, like Shalene said, is awe-inspiring. Right. It is, what is going on? Who is this? Mm -hmm. But this is like, woohoo, it's Jesus. So I can see why Stainer did it. 
I still think that this is a difficult song to kind of fit into worship. It is. It just really is. Um, not only is it kind of hard to sing. Right. Were you all singing along? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it spans it, and it says some things that like that don't make sense. It almost needs some explanation. You know, is Mary in the stable holding the baby, and and where's the incense and the gold and the myrrh coming from? <laughs> you know, I just I feel like it's not quite right. Well, it's poetic. But, you know, we do polls on Instagram all the time. I would love to do a poll about people, whether or not people sing this in church. Right. Is this a song that you listen to because Carrie Underwood sings it? Mm -hmm. Or is it a song that you are singing in corporate worship on a Sunday morning in December? So I'm not sure we're singing it on a Sunday morning in December, but I know I've sung it on at Christmas Eve services many times. Right, but that's us. I wonder what other churches mm-hmm. are doing. So we do these polls on Instagram, and sometimes we get a ton of people who right, respond. Right, right, right. Sometimes we get two. Um, but if you're listening to this, look for that poll, because yes. I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. I want to know how frequently this is being sung, how common this is in a modern church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or... You know, is it something, maybe an anthem for a choir to do or a soloist? I mean, Christ's birth was a joyous event. Of course. But a lot, you know, we think of this beautiful, magical, quiet night. Right. Where a baby is born. And yes, it's full of joy, but it also has this, I don't know, this solemnity to it that a tune like Greensleeves really works. Mm-hmm. But then when you want to sing and celebrate, you want to sing Joy to the World. Right. It's two different things. Right. It's two different things. Yeah. It's two different things. And if you think of that night, Carrie, yeah. when the angels were there and the shepherds traveled to yeah. see what was going on, I feel like it was quiet. It was nighttime and the and the baby was sleeping and the animals were all gathered. I feel like it was quiet. Do you ever think like it was chaotic? Like the animals were making noise, the baby was crying, the mom was yelling out. I mean, like, <laughs> like will you all be quiet? Like, or maybe she was, you know, in pain and, yeah. you know, it could have been chaotic. Too. Well, maybe that's one of those questions we can ask when we get to heaven. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think of every woman on the planet and right. how different each birth story is. Like, what was Mary's like? Mm. I mean, are we going to believe I mean, that- no epidural. <laughs> Are we going to act like because he's the son of God, it was this flawless, painless childbirth? Maybe it was. I like thinking that it was. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Just because I really feel bad for Mary. Like in a <laughs> barn with animals and no doctor. No doctors, no, no drugs. <laughs> All right. Well, this brings us to the end of our episode. We're going to hear Shalene sing the whole thing oh, once yeah. through, which I, which, you know, her and her husband, they did a great job with this recording. So you want to just listen? Yeah. And then we'll come back and we'll do him takes. Okay. Okay. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds walk. Yeah. 
Right, so that's the full hymn that we have in our hymn now. Yeah, well, except for the word lamb. She <laughs> she did replace. I'm, I'm imagining everybody is completely familiar with mm-hmm, that. And mm-hmm. I bet people even have their favorite recording. Yes. Yeah, yes. your favorite singer. Yes. Thank you so much, Shalene. All right, so Kel, it's time for hymn takes. What do you think? Um, I thought that maybe my hymn take would have been something from the new yeah, lyrics yeah. because they're new. But I just love the third verse, come peasant king to own him. I said this earlier. I mean, that was specific to the story because the peasants were like the shepherds and then the kings were like the wise men, you know? So you, you saw these different class structures and the invitation was to the both of them. And so you think that it's just telling the story of that night, but it's really telling the story of eternity. Christ came for all, for everyone. And I, you know, do people realize that? No other person who claimed to be a God did that. From the very beginning, Jesus Christ came for all. All right. Well, I think I am going to side with Shalene on this one. Okay. I like haste and laud. Oh, haste, yeah. Haste to bring him laud. Once you know who Jesus is, you just hurry. Mm-hmm. Hurry to worship him mm-hmm. because he deserves all your thanks, all your praise. So you hurry to do it. Yeah. I so enjoyed talking with her because I feel like that's something that we might not even have kind of keyed into, know. you know, because with all the other stuff that's happening in this carol. All the beautiful imagery and yeah. the poetic language. Mm-hmm. Why would you pick out those two words? But she did. Yeah. And now I love them too. Yeah. Hurry and worship. Hurry, Hurry and, worship. and praise. And that's, you know, in a way, you don't need anything else in the song. Mm. The message of the song is that, haste and laud. Mm-hmm. So... If you want to find more about Shalene, you can look up Haste Laud Press. Her name comes right up, shaleneweaver.com. We'll, sh- we'll share all her stuff. Kel, her books are so great and such amazing teaching tools yes. for children, well, and older children. And too. you know, maybe those books would be some great Christmas gifts. So yeah. we would love to help her with her business yeah. to sell some books. And while you're online, while you're online shopping, <laughs> shopping for books, check, check out, out our ornaments. And you can go right to HimTalkTwinTalk.com. That's a new thing. We just set it up for you. HimTalkTwinTalk.com to learn about our ornaments. And, um, We'd love to see all of our ornaments. We'd love to sell out. It's a limited edition. We don't have very many. So if we can sell out and then have our ornaments all on your trees, and this could be the start of something that we do, right, Care? We're I both know. kind of crafty. Uh, we're working on it, you guys. <laughs> we're working on it. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Shaleen, for bringing this hymn to us. I don't know if we would have picked it. Right, right. All right, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll see you next time on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Twin Talk.